0: Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Dew Al, and I am a Recover Compulsive Overeater. Today is Friday, July 31st, 2015. Today we're reading from the AA Big Book, and we are at page 151, the last paragraph. Today's readers are uh, Janice M. Reading the Twelve Traditions, Lisa H. Reading the Twelve, uh, I'm sorry, uh, Janice M. Reading the Twelve Steps, Lisa H., Reading the Twelve Traditions, and our main readers for the text are Monica T., Naomi B., and Deb W. The reference number for yesterday, uh, July 30, 2015, is 7880. OA Preamble, Overeaters Anonymous, is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 Steps and 12 Traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Janice M. to read the 12 Steps.
1: Well, good morning to you, do and everyone. My name is Janice M. I'm a grateful recovered compulsive overeater. These are the 12 Steps of Overeaters Anonymous. One, we admit continued to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for the knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. Twelve, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs tasks.
0: Thank you, Janice. Um, M. And as a reminder to everyone, please keep your phone silenced while the readers are reading. Thank you. Um, Lisa H., can you lead us into um, the 12 traditions by
2: reading them? Good morning. This is Lisa H., a newly recovered compulsive overeater from West Tennessee, The 12 Traditions. 1. Our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. 2. For our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants, they do not govern. 3. The only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. 4. Thank you. And I pass. Thank you so much, Lisa.
0: How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing, and that you keep your sharing to approximately three minutes. Signalness of Purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive over only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year, and for readers is six months. There is no abstinent requirement for sharing on topic. This meaning does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions of the debate book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass. Then, press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone, except the speakers, should be muted. Today we resume our study of the AA Big Book on page 151, the last paragraph, starting with, now and then, a serious drinker. Um, And I will ask now uh, Monica Teeth to begin the reading.
3: Good morning, do. Good morning, everyone. My name is Monica T. from pres- Presently in Vermont. Rick Compulsive Overeater here. Now and then, a serious drinker, being dry at the moment, says, I don't miss it at all. Feel better, work better, having a better time. As ex-problem drinkers, we smile at such a sally. We know our friend is like a boy whistling in the dark to keep up his spirits. He fools himself. Inwardly, he would give anything to take half a dozen drinks and get away with them. He will presently try the old game again, for he isn't happy about his sobriety. He cannot picture life without alcohol. Some day he will be unable to imagine life either with alcohol or without it then he will know loneliness such as few do he will be at the end he will be at the jumping off place he will wish for the end and i'm monica i'm a compulsive overeater recovered today thank you god and now and then a serious drinker being dry at the moment so i was thinking about this earlier here before i started reading and i and and how i could relate to what they're saying here uh, we are in a v- chapter of Vision for You, and they're doing some reviewing here. You know, where where do we come from? What's it been like? Being dry at the moment. I had lots of times before OA where I had started a new diet or whatever, and I was dry at the moment, you know, and I thought I had it. Oh, boy, I got it all figured out here. And they're saying as ex-problem ex, ex uh, problem drinkers, we smiled at such a Sally. So I looked up Sally And it it says to suddenly attack an enemy. So I could relate to that, too. Okay, I got this all figured out. Things are good. I'm losing weight. Yay, yay, yay. And they're saying, yeah, but you know what? You're like a boy whistling in the dark, trying to keep up your spirits. Because underneath, you know, things are still not right. And that's the way I was on new diets. You know, on the outside, it was looking good, feeling better. But inside, I was still a mess. I was still restless, irritable, and discontented, whether I weighed 230 pounds or whether I weighed 140 pounds. I was restless, irritable, and discontented. And I know this. And, you know, and I kept thinking, well, before the end of that diet, I was going back to that favorite food. Oh, boy, when I get this weight off, I'll be able to go have that favorite food again. I didn't know what I didn't know. And I couldn't see what I couldn't see, that I am a real compulsive reader, and I have an allergy and i have a c- obsession of the mind so add enough out of me and i will pass with that thank you
0: okay thank you monica we're going to open it up for sharing who else would like to uh share on this paragraph rachel Nesse. w Christy rachel Nesse. w julia r mm-hmm. um i heard uh, i'm sorry i heard someone at uh, before melissa r julia Juliar And Nessa. And Nessa. Let's start off with those. We're, we got um, Rachel, we have Chrissy, we have Juliar, Melissa, and Nessa. Rachel, you're up first.
4: Good morning, dude. This is Rachel W. calling from New York. Can you hear me okay? Yes, I can. Okay, Go great. Good morning. Thank you for your service and good morning, everyone. Um, this is Rachel W., Recovered compulsive overeater calling from New York, and um, you know I, this paragraph for me is like um, the overview into the feelings and and the experience of of someone who's trying to control his drinking, and here we have that um, you know that inevitable ha- pathway to insanity when um, when we try to control our food. That's what it's describing is someone who's you know so out of control and trying to control. And I'm reminded of, of, you know, there's the the movie My Name is Bill W., and there's a scene where Bill W. is, you know, explaining to his wife um, his alcoholism, and and, um, he's he's telling her, you know, all the sordid places that we've been describing, and he explains to her how, how, you know, just the hell of living in a a place of trying to get it all back together and, and just putting it down and the inability to do so. And yet, in spite of all of that, you know in spite of all of all of the misery you know he says you know all i all i want right now is another drink and um you know for me that's that's really uh the 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 battle you know um i think for me relapse uh is coming up in my mind as well the the hell of relapse when um and also you know the idea that it's not really about how how we feel you know um because in relapse you know i remember every day that i say to myself that day that um that i, I felt like uh, binging? No. Every single day of relapse, I felt like making it the, the day one. I felt like coming to a brand new place. And so it really has really nothing to do with my feelings. It's more to do with what I'm doing. Am I doing the, the action that of, of what it can take me to get out of this disease? You know, I wake up every morning. I've got my premeditation. I'm outside. I'm connecting. And some days, you know, it's great, and some days it's not as great, you know. And what do I do on those days that's not as great? Do I not take that action if I wake up in the morning and say, you know, I think I'll cut it short today, you know, I'll, 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 I'll change things. I mean, I'm thinking even within recovery we have those moments where we, we think we can get away with it or, or try to control other things, and um and inevitably it can take us down the same path. But But I do have the guarantee that as long as I keep taking these actions – and, and doing rather than going by on um, going by what I do rather than how I feel, I know that I can have this recovered life every day, making it a new day, a brand new fresh day in recovery that I can have just for today. Thank you for allowing me to share and I pass. Thank you so much. Chrissy. Uh, you're
5: Hi yes. I am Christy, recovered compulsive over eater and anorexic from New Jersey. Thank you so much for your service. I the jumping off place that is that just I can visualize my jumping off place and the loneliness that feels like that jumping off place. All of my ideas, all of my my great um coping mechanisms and my 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 new scheme for the day when I used to get up and I had a plan how things were going to be better. And then to wake up to the fact that none of my plans worked. It's a moment of clarity. It's grace. It's grace because I I, I always thought I had a good idea. I had amnesia about how bad my ideas were, about how to cope with life, you know, and how to solve this food problem. I always had a next good idea and then to know true powerlessness that's what this says to me the jumping off place to see the reality of, of the fact that no idea that I'm going to have is better than my last and that I better, I better look for another solution and I think that this paints a perfect picture he cannot picture life with alcohol, without alcohol. He cannot picture life without alcohol. And we can't picture life with it. It's not it's not working anymore. The food isn't working. So so now that all of my, as it says in this book, all of my scorecards read zero, and I was down for the count, that's the best place to be. That's a place of grace where I could actually hear some, someone could, God could speak to me, my higher power through other people at that moment. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you.
0: Thank you so much, Julie. Melissa R., you're up next. I mean, I'm sorry, uh, Julie R. So good, good morning. Julie
6: R. Hi, thank you, dude. Julie R., Recovered compulsive overeater from California. You know, I can see myself so many places when I would find that new exciting oh. diet that new exciting um, I saw on TV before, you know, we could search the internet and I would have that gleam in my eye and my husband would look at me and say, well, maybe this, this time it's going to work. And I would start it, but the whole time I wanted to eat, I was I was just dark raving abstinence. And even in the rooms when I, I've been in LA since 83 and I would be thin but crazy. I wanted to eat. I was never at peace with the food. And that's what I would, boom, turn in and I would pick up my binge food and I would start all over again. And it's such a horrible place to be and it it clearly defines it when you can't imagine life with it or without it. I was fearful to even eat my abstinent food because I knew that it was going to lead to a non-abstinent food and And just the depression, the self loathing I think that that's what was it for me that the extreme hate that I had for myself, because here I was this you know professional woman, but I can't even stop eating, so for me, that was um I would cry every night amongst my my binge food wrappers, and i I didn't want to live anymore i mean I never thought of suicide, anything like that, but I just knew I didn't want to wake up in the morning to start this whole day over again, and I would just have people who were recovered around me just saying, you know, follow this book, and this was back in the 80s, 90s, and I still, I I still couldn't grasp it because I wanted just to be thin. I didn't want to do the work. I didn't want to be an honest person. I didn't want to be, have humility. I wanted to run the show. So it's pretty exciting now because I can look back at that and I hope I never, ever forget where I came from because, yeah, that was me, stark, raving, abstinent. That's all it was for me, was just a thin body and nothing else. So that'll pass. Thank you.
0: Thank you so much, Melissa R. I'm sorry, I have so many R's. Um, Melissa R., you're up next. Thank you.
5: Hi, good morning. It's Melissa C., I think that was the confusion. Good morning. Um, Melissa C., a recovered compulsive overeater in New York. You know, and um, I just think about when there was really a time for a long time, um, I did not want to give up the food. I wanted to be thin, but I wanted to be able to eat. And, um, you know, and so I could go on a diet or I could even do the abstinent diet because that's what, you know, a long time abstinence was for me. It was a diet. Um, and, um, you know, and I would lose weight and at times that my addiction was the worst was after I had lost some weight and I started eating again and, you know, my denial, I could look in the mirror and say, see, I still look kind of normal. I still look kind of normal, but, um, But my desire for the food and the volume that I could consume made it impossible for me to remain in a normal-sized body for any length of time. I could never get satiated. I could never be satisfied. So the pounds would come on so quickly. And, you know, in the end, for me, my last days of eating, I was at a jumping-off place. I wasn't even at my top weight then, but I was inching up. And, you know, I was eating mostly what I had considered my abstinent foods, um, But I was learning the hard way that I had developed the allergy to other foods now. Um, For me, labels of gluten-free and whole grain and organic and all natural was the way that my disease sneaked back in Um, because I wasn't binging on candy and cakes at that point. I had too much knowledge. Those foods were clearly, for me, not abstinent. But my last binges were on whole grain crackers, on cereal, and I ate those foods. You know, until I was in so much physical pain, um, my stomach, I thought I had a tumor. I was convinced I had a tumor. Um, That's the denial for me. And then, you know, um, then my panic attacks set in. This was like a new all-time low. I would be driving, and fear would overwhelm me. And I was convinced I was going to die. I was both terrified by that but I was more terrified by imagining putting the food down. And, um, you know, in the end, the panic was the best thing that ever happened to me. Just like I've come to feel grateful that I got so heavy because I stopped being able to deny the truth. Um, you know, King food, like was mentioned earlier in the chapter had me, I was at the end of my rope, um, which was perfect because I was ripe for an awakening. and um, Without a pass, thank you.
0: Thank you, Melissa. Sorry about that.
2: Nessa R.,
0: you're up next.
7: Hi. Did you call Nessa R.? I was unmuting if I didn't hear. Yes. Okay, yes, great. Thank you. I'm Nesta R., a recovered compulsive overeater in Toronto, Canada. Um, it says here... Um, he would give anything to take half a dozen drinks and get away with them. Um, well, that was definitely me. I, um, I Actually, I would want to give anything to take even more than half a dozen drinks. I, I never wanted to be a normal eater. I, I always wanted to be like those people who can really eat and eat and eat and eat and show no consequences you know i have um i have a couple of friends who are so diametrically opposed i have uh, one friend will take a chocolate bar and put a you know put a the little square of chocolate in her mouth and keep it there for 15 minutes and be totally satisfied and then i have another friend who can really 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 pack it away and uh show not even an ounce extra for it and you know if i ate In one day, what she eats in one meal, I'd probably be like 300 pounds. And I never wanted to be like my my first friend. I always, always, always wanted to be like the the other one, like the second friend. And every diet that I tried, every weight loss scheme that I went to or that I went on, um, that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to discover the trick, the magic that would enable me to eat with impunity. And even when I came into the rooms, I was still um, looking for that uh, to pers- for that dream. I was hoping beyond hope that I could become, you know, one of those people. And you know, the big book makes it clear. It repeats over and over and over again that you know the result is nil until we let go absolutely. You know, in page uh, twenty-seven, it says. Um, Ideas, emotions, and attitudes, which were once the guiding forces of the lives of these men, are suddenly cast to one side. And I really had to cast this one to one side and just never pick it up again. And there's no magic pill, there's no trick. It requires a lot of commitment, a lot of hard work, and God's infinite mercy. Uh, But when I did that, when I finally said, okay, there's no free ride. you know, the, the the reward was freedom. I, I'm in a position of neutrality most days, and when, I, when I'm when i tempted, I recoil from it as if, as if from a hot flame, you know, because I know where it will lead me. I know that I will never be that friend who can eat with impunity and, you know, like not never never gain an ounce. I am just not built like that, you know, and I am glad that I am not built like that because if I had been, I don't think I would have ever come into these rooms. I don't think I would ever be here. I don't think I would have ever developed the relationship with God that I have, the attitude towards being helpful to my fellows that I have now. I would have missed out on so much. And with that, I pass. Thank you.
0: Thank you, Nessa. We're going to open it up again for sharing. Who else would like to share on this paragraph? Renata. Renata. And then I heard someone after Renata G. Kim G. G. Uh, Vasa O and someone before Vasa O, which was a male. Larry. Larry K. Okay. All right, we'll start off with those, and and we'll just keep it going that way. Renata G, you're up next.
8: Hi, dear, good morning. Thank you for your service. Good morning, everyone. This is Renata G. the covered Compositional Read in New York. I want to comment in two parts of this paragraph, you know. First, uh, that you know when it talks about being a dry uh, drunk, right? Uh, just being abstinent, you know, feel better, work better, having a better time. But as as um, as ex problem drinkers, we smile at such valley. Like today, I know that you know being recovered is so different than just being abstinent. You know, when I came into program, I took the food down, and it was great. You know, I was in that pink cloud, I was losing the weight, I was getting crazy in the rooms. It felt great, you know, but momentarily, very momentary. Like everything else that comes from the outside, you know, just like having a new shiny thing, it's, you know, the feeling is not long-lasting, because on the inside, I was still the same. My life was still unmanageable. You know, my behaviors, my character defects, I was still acting in all of them, and I had no connection with God. So, you know, it was just like really dieting with good support. And it worked until it didn't work anymore. And, uh, you know, then I had to come to this place where it says, he cannot teach a life without alcohol. Someday he'll be unable to imagine life either with alcohol or without it. Then he'll know only such as you do. he'll be at the jumping off place, he'll wish for the end. Until I got to this place, I was not willing to work with that. I had to get to my bottom. Even though my bottom wasn't 300 pounds. you know, physically, I didn't have any kind of disease because of this illness. But, you know, emotionally, I had to hit my bottom. I could not stand being this disease anymore. And the food stopped working for me. I I needed more and more quantities of food to get me to oblivion. And then I started needing the alcohol with it because just the food wasn't, food wasn't doing it to me. And even when I was binging, I already, like, while I was binging, I was thinking, why am I doing this? I hate myself, I'm miserable, I'm gaining more weight. Stop, stop, stop. So even when I was using the food, I was miserable. It was not working anymore. So when I had no more alternatives, when I really surrendered because I didn't know what else to do, I took the suggestion of doing the 12 steps. And today my life is completely different. Today, I do not want my being food. It's just, it's it's not there. You know, I'm saying, thank God, with that effect, thanks. Thank you, Renata. Kim G, you're up next.
9: Good morning, Du. Good morning, all. My name is Kim G, and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. He isn't happy about his sobriety. He cannot picture life without alcohol. Someday he will be unable to imagine life with, either with alcohol or without it. So to me, that describes that mystical bottom. You know, I think a lot of people we search for that bottom. You know, I think of um, a Fred on page forty where it says he was positive that this humiliating experience plus the knowledge he had acquired would keep him sober the rest of his life. Self knowledge would fix it. And you know, I, I actually seeked out and was excited when I had a humiliating experience because I thought, well, I'm never going to eat after this. You know, I remember I worked at a Seven Eleven and and um, a long line and working by myself. And my pants split open, and I had to continue to take customers while I called my father to come bring me a new pair of pants. I knew I was going to stop binging then. I didn't stop binging. You know, I had a problem when I binge especially on fatty food, that I would get some um, diarrhea. And sometimes I wouldn't make it home in the, in the car. And my solution wasn't to stop eating. My solution was to keep some towels in the car and, and sit on them just in case I leaked a little bit on the way home. Of course that's going to make me stop. No, I didn't stop. You know, at 23, going to the doctor thinking I had some, some, you know, exotic disease because I wasn't feeling good and finding out that on the top of my chart, my diagnosis was morbid obesity, that's going to stop me. Absolutely not. How many of us use our bottom as weight? When I hit, you know, 150, 170, 200, 250, it keeps going up. What this is describing to me cannot picture life with or with alcohol is that spiritual bottom. That time we are surrendered. We're cornered at last. You know, the idea that we can't, get, we can't get sober and we can't get drunk anymore. And let me tell you, that time for me was when I had broken my ankle and I'm laying in bed and I can't move and I'm ready to pee in my bed because I can't. the thought of going to the bathroom is just too painful. I cannot get up and put any kind of weight on this ankle to go to the bathroom. But 15 minutes later, I want some binge foods. And I get up on my walker and I drag myself to the kitchen, which is twice the distance that it is to go to my bathroom. So that is when I felt that spiritually bankrupt, when I felt that cornered, when I felt that out of ideas, that was when I was willing to move forward. So the question is not how I can get abstinent. I've gotten abstinent thousands of times. The question this is asking me is how I can be happy about my sobriety. If I have this twofold illness, Abstinence will get rid of the allergy. It will not get out of the torture in my mind. And for me personally, for many years in OA, I thought that freedom in OA was not possible. The best I could do was hope to stay abstinent and miserable one day at a time. And let me tell you that the freedom I experience today is absolute freedom. Freedom from compulsive overeating, allergy to the body, and and obsession of the mind is possible in Overeaters Anonymous. And with that, I pass.
0: Thank you, Kim G. Larry Kay, you're up next.
10: Thanks, Stu. Uh, Larry Kay, Recovered Compulsible Reader from Chicago. Um, You know, what I love about this paragraph is it just drives home for me the fact that, you know, we we need to experience a change. And, you know, one of the things that I've learned in program um, out of my own experience is that, and to, we don't effectuate our own change i didn't get that we don't effectuate our own uh spiritual transformation our own personality change which is so counterintuitive because it seems as though if we take the if we have this allergy of the body and we have this obsession of the mind we take these steps so that we can change ourselves so that we can um effectuate this change and that has not been my experience. That has not been my experience. When you know the, the metaphor we chop our wood, we carry our water, that's you know the equivalent of we work the steps. But by working the steps, you see the God of my own understanding is who changed me. And I had to experience a change Uh, a, a complete restoration, I had to be restored to sanity before that obsession of the mind would be removed. And that was very much an ego based thing for me, because like other people described, all I wanted to be was thin, but secretly, and not so secretively, I really wanted my binge foods, and I wanted to be thin. And I thought that was what I wanted. And as long as that's what I wanted, my ego would rule the day. And as long as my ego would rule the day, I would never see this program through so that God would change me. I did not change myself. The God of my own understanding changed me. And, you know, that that was the the big thing. And that's why I was like a like a boy whistling in the dark. You know, I just wanted my binge food so bad, but I wanted to be thin. And if I was thin then everything would be okay. And that was not what, the, what, what this program was about. This program was about moving me from a, a Larry-centered consciousness, where everything was about what Larry wanted, to a God-centered consciousness, where I could now be restored to sanity. And, and today the questions that I ask are, God, how can I serve you? How can I be of maximum service to you and to my fellows? then the obsession was moved and like other people have said i don't want the food anymore i'm not whistling in the dark anymore but that'll pass thanks
0: thank
11: you larry vasa oh you're up next good morning thank you for your service excuse me i am vasa o Recovered compulsive over edam and i oh my goodness I could not ever imagine life without certain foods uh, for the rest of my life, especially the sugars <clears throat> uh, and the carbs. I I was living off uh, off of them, and I would have done anything just to stop eating. There was there was nothing more in the world that I wanted than just really stop eating because I felt I was just dying. Physically, emotionally, spiritually, I understood the physical part, you know, because I could see it, my body growing, you know, and I did not understand the emotional and spiritual part. It was helping in the food uh, uh, and trying to control it for many years of my life and being on, like being on a roller coaster, up and down, up and down. Uh, I remember being on diets before I came to OA and I was introduced to the big book, I would be on a diet. I could stay on it for a while, but the mental obsession would start going, oh, you can only have a little bit of this. You can have only one. It's okay. you know. And I'd give myself permission to do that. Well, I didn't have a higher power. I didn't have the program. I didn't have the 12 steps. I was lost. I was the lost soul. I just did not know what to do. And I was 41 years old when I came to the program, and I could see myself. I said, my God, I don't think I'm going to make my 45th birthday if I keep on doing what I'm doing. And as I said, it wasn't just the physical. that I didn't I didn't understand the, the emotional, spiritual. I was eating of, over things that were eating me inside. And we were talking about the cleaning, cleaning the fourth step, you know, cleaning our house, you know. And I'm just so grateful that I found the solution. I was really relieved for the first time in my life, saying, Oh wow, this is the solution? I'm ready. I'm gonna throw myself into this, you know. And I did. I didn't wanna die. So, you know, I learned about the allergy, the mental obsession, and about God. I know the first two steps. We don't talk much about the thought at the beginning. But I needed God at that time, even if we don't talk about God that much. But I am so grateful to be here with every one of you, and I'm grateful to be relieved from the obsession. And I do service. That's my goal today, to serve and to help others. Thank you, and I pass. Thank
0: you, Vasa. Oh, we're
11: still going to... Um Stay
0: on this paragraph because so good, and, and we're going to open it up again for sharing. Who else would like
4: to share on this paragraph? We're opening it up for sharing.
0: Anyone else?
1: And Janice, Janice, Janice M. Janice
0: M. Okay. All right, Janice. Leah. Leah. Okay. All right, so we'll we'll start off with Janice, Leah, and then I'll chime in towards the end. Thanks.
1: Well, thank you, Du, for your service. And uh, this is Janice M. from Massachusetts, a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater. Oh, yeah, I was a serious eater, wasn't I? And every time I got abstinent, oh, did I lie to myself. I lied, lied, lied. I said I always said, "Oh, I feel better. Oh, I'm okay. Oh, this is going to work. You know, permanently. I I got the secret. I know what to do." <laughs> what a lie! Lie, 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 like I did with everything else. And uh, you know, I was so dishonest about my food, thinking that this was going to do it. But you see, my problem was, and believe you me, I tried everything. I, I, there was nothing left for me except surgery, but I was too afraid to do that. So, you know, I, um, I, uh, God, I, I forgot, I just I just lost my train of thought. Um, I, I deceived myself, I said. Uh, oh, but you see, I always had reservations. I always said, well, you know, someday, you know, sometime, some way, I'm going to beat this thing. And I really meant it. That's why I was in and out of OA for years and years and years, because I was trying to find the right program, the right method, so that I wouldn't have to be a compulsive overeater. And, you know, it wasn't until, honestly, that I had nothing left to go to. <laughs> I had nothing left to go to. There wasn't anything left to try that I had to surrender, you know. And, it, and I love this. See, I thought it was just the, uh, that I just couldn't stop eating. But I didn't realize the second part of my pro- problem was the obsession of the mind. Because when they said insanity, I couldn't—I I just wouldn't believe that, that I was insane. Well, I was insane about making a decision about food. I wasn't insane about other things. But I was insane, to, you know, my thinking about other things, certainly. So when it says the ex-problem drinker, what does that mean to me? Well, today I am the ex-problem compulsive overeater just for today why because the obsession has been removed how did that happen what method did i use the 12 steps because i didn't realize that i was uh, i was uh i was um oh, <laughs> that i was completely completely powerless see i i uh, you know i couldn't i couldn't stop but yet i thought that i could get away with it And didn't realize the insanity. I didn't realize that I was humanly. um, It it was humanly impossible for me until I found a power greater than myself. Was I happy? Nah. Just just a little bit. Just a little bit temporarily. Because that's what that's what um, abstinence did for me. Just temporarily. It wasn't permanent. See, recovery is permanent for one day, when the obsession is lifted from me. That's what it is to be an ex problem, compulsive overeater. Not forever, just for one day. And with that, I pass. Thanks.
0: Thank you, Janice. Le- M., um, you're up next.
12: Thanks so much, Some Someday he will be unable to imagine life either with alcohol or without it. <laughs> that is a painful place to be. Um, you know, I was cornered, I was cornered um, I couldn't live with the binging lifestyle, <laughs> but I couldn't live without it you know and and everybody focuses on the consequences of binging, you know everybody was focusing on the consequences. Of my eating disorder, you know, the medical consequences and the inability to be focused or, uh, you know, concentrate on schoolwork or attend to the responsibilities of a job or be, you know, a loyal wife. All those things, you know, everybody focuses on those consequences and the dangers of all that, but actually, the most dangerous part of the illness is not when I was binging my brains out. The most dangerous part of my illness was when I was abstinent, when I wasn't binging my brains out, because I was thinking about binging. <laughs> I was thinking about binging all day long, because all I ever wanted to be was thin. But all I ever really wanted to do was eat. Because someone like me had a rough time living. I had a rough time living. My book was going to teach me that I was suffering from a disease which only a spiritual experience would conquer. However, I kept focusing on abstinence. And abstinence is physical. And you can't solve a spiritual problem with a physical solution. And so really, that was a painful place to be, because when I looked back, when I was abstinent, you know, it wasn't just the eating that puzzled me and the consequences of all that binging that bedeviled me. It was the way I felt sober. It was the way I felt abstinence that was so puzzling to me. You know, why was life so unsatisfactory? The big book taught me that, too. Setting aside the drink problem, why was I making such a heavy going of life? I mean, that was my reality. I was a prey to misery, depression. I could not control my emotional nature. I was fearful. I was unhappy. And, of course, I could only take that for so long until I was just going to burst. And, of course, bursting meant tearing open the cellophane bags. You know, thank God for the program of recovery that taught me, hey, Leah, stop looking outside for scraps of pleasure and fulfillment and for validation and security and love. Because these 12 steps will leave you, lead you to a treasure chest, an unsuspected inner resource within you that includes all those things and is even infinitely greater than anything that the world outside can offer. And that was a connection, a connectedness, a relationship with something immeasurable and indestructible. And with that, I pass thanks.
0: Thank you, Leah, And I'm going to chime in on this paragraph also. My name is Du L, and I'm a recover- compulsive old reader, and I'd like to echo those same words. He um, finds he cannot <clears throat> picture life without alcohol. Someday he will be unable to imagine life. With either alcohol, or without it, and I just had an experience about two days ago where I went to another AA 12 um, step program, and you know when I entered that room, uh, I saw friends that I haven't seen in five years, and and they all came up to me and they were delighted with my transformation, and they were asking me the question, "Where have you been for the last five years?" and I thought, wow, you know, uh, I I don't recall where I've been for the last five years. You know, why have I not been to this meeting in five years? And then I recalled why I had not been in that meeting. I found OA, and I came into OA, and I started to study the big book, and I started to get into the 12 steps. And the transformation that they were seeing was – that when I was visiting that meeting all the time, um, because that was one of my home groups, um, I remember every single day coming out of that meeting and I couldn't wait. I couldn't wait to the speaker or the meeting was over to run out of the meeting because I felt like I wanted to kill myself each and every day. And every day I was in that meeting I was talking about how I wanted to kill myself. And this time What they were seeing was, I was there, I was being interactive, I stayed after the meeting, I had lost my weight, I I looked good, I was clear, I was bright-eyed. That's what they were looking at. They had seen a totally different person that had totally transformed. And I remember thinking, wow, I don't have that loneliness. I don't have that despair anymore. I don't have... That obsession of thinking that I can't make it without the food. You know, I can't live without the food. Today I'm transformed. Why? Because I got into the steps. I got into the solution. I found a way out. I found a higher power that really actually worked for me. And today, you know, I'm able to transmit this message to yet others. And that's the blessing that I get today. You know, the blessing is I get to be a different person than the one that was totally gun ho about my eating. You know, the one that couldn't stop eating. The one that couldn't stop obsessing over the eating. You know, today I don't get to do that. Today I get to do other things with my life. And that's so beautiful. I get to be of service to others. That's, I never even imagined to do that when I was always running out of that meaning. And so today, I'm so grateful that um, there is a solution and there is a way out. And we're going to open it up for uh, two more shares. So who else would like to share on this paragraph?
4: Penny C. Penny
0: C. Maybe one more person. Melanie C. Melanie C. Awesome. We'll close it up with Melanie. Okay, Penny C. You're up.
13: Hi. Thank you, is Penny C. Recovered Compos- compulsive overeater from the Boston area. Whenever we get to these paragraphs at the beginning of the Vision for You chapter, I'm 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 feeling what it was like before before recovery, before OA, before. I knew that I had a disease and didn't know what was wrong with me, and and life was well. Life was just a, a struggle of a, a, a get through it. How can I get through it one one day? Just just survive. And the I never remember thinking or planning suicide, but I remember going to the first woman in my nursing school class. Who 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 passed away died at 33 years of age, left three little children, and she she died before mammograms and all of that. She died of a uh, a breast cancer that had metastasized, and and it was just horrible. Everyone thought it was just horrible, and I went to that funeral. And I watched that father walk down the aisle with three three little children and And having lost his wife and he, i just i didn't even relate to him I didn't feel empathy for anybody except I felt jealous of my classmate who had had died because she no longer had to live in this horrible world that i that i perceived and and it was was what a what a what a Awakening it was for me that um, I would rather have been in that casket than to go than to keep on living and And it was just by the grace of God that I survived and went on to the place where i I finally I finally was given the gift of Old Readers Anonymous and found out what was wrong with me, and one day at a time studying the book and reading reading other spiritual literature that I got that connection with my higher power that got me where I am today. I can't even imagine that woman that was I back in those days that, that was jealous, jealous of a woman who had left her three little children. I think the oldest was, was five years old. And 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 I wanted to be her instead of going back to home and, and keep living the life I was living. And without without twelve steps, without away, um, I think I might still be there, you know, banish the thought. So I thank everybody who in 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 the beginning of people and everyone who's helped me along the way to get where I am today. And I can say with all sincerity, with no reservations, my life is second to none. And there's not another person in this entire world that I would rather be than Penny C. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you, Penny C.
0: And. Melanie C., you'll be our last share,
14: and you'll take us out. Thank you. Thank you, Duke. Good morning. Hi, everyone. My name is Melanie C., and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Dry at the time, and that just tells me I'm dry at the time. Nothing more. Nothing's changed. I'm just dry at the time. And um, I'm looking at this as a holistic paragraph, and I mean a whole paragraph, rather I mean to say, and I had convinced myself, in those moments that I was dry at the time that I was in the best place ever. I remember distinctively telling my very best friend, going over to her house, traveling 25 miles away after I had um, been in OA and, and and been able to shed about 130 pounds, that I will never be fat again and I want you to know why, and this is a place where you go and please come and join me. She was one of my favorite, favorite, favorite best friends and binging buddy and diet buddy. And I was I was convinced of that, and I felt really excited. And then this thing hit me. This paragraph hit me. I was just running one step ahead of the monster. Yeah, I had shed that kind of weight. And I was biking 30 miles a day. I was running probably 10 or so miles a day, sometimes even on top of the biking. Um, I would shift and switch up. What I was doing, because what I had been doing during the week with my weighing pay was kind of losing its ground, losing its attractiveness. The obsession was coming back. I wasn't able to pass the, you know, the, the dessert bar as quickly as I was before, whatever. So, okay, I'm not going to do it this way now. I'm going to add, you know, on Fridays, I can go to the buffet and eat everything. I switched and switched and switched just to keep myself motivated, and I had to keep high had to keep high i was obsessed i was driven i was nuts i was more nuts actually in my oa place than i was out because i was dry and i think that's the key word for me i was just absolutely dry i then can now understand the significance of step two that i was desperately in denial delusional i believed my own story and i can imagine those elder statesmen just giggling at me you know she's not doing any of the work she's not going to go anywhere and she looks good and she's chippering and chattering and all this kind of stuff and and melanie's giving away the story and telling folks how great oa is and and i'm i really am just dying inside and the lies that i said and i can tell you that the step two process and all those step processes began that issue around my thinking restoring it to sanity dry at the time and I didn't see that before and I didn't see the monster that I was trying to run in front of by just coming in here and working with what was here, what was around here and with that I pass. Thanks. We just shared
1: the name of the person. This
0: this is the end of the share Um, so if you have any questions you can ask after after we're done Um, we'll have a second hour where you can ask all the questions you like. Um, so right now we're going to close the name of the last person who shared. Melanie C. Thank you. We're, we're about to close the meeting. Thank you. Thank you to everyone who has shared. Uh, we will now close the reading. Um, close the meeting with the reading from the Big Book on page 164, and I will have Naomi B. closes up with that, followed by the surrendering prayer. Naomi. Press
14: bar one. Thank you. Yeah, I'm here. I'm here. Okay. Our book is meant to be suggested only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right, and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is a great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand him. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet us